Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Comedy Central. Now hiring. Local school teacher down there in Orlando, Florida. Uh-huh. Has uh, been let go from the job after it has been revealed that uh, she was twerking on the students at the goddamn school dance, and that ain't the time to be putting your behind on the kids. Wait, 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 ho, 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 She was twerking on the students, like, like during class, mm-hmm. like she's teaching world history and be like, Bobby, who was the emperor of Rome? And then she oh. twerked on them until she figured it out. Like, I don't understand. No, no, no. No, no, no. Pep rally? This is, no, this is at a school dance. Oh. Uh, at the prom. The Florida Christian School down there in Florida. Oh, so you can't be yeah, twerking at no Christian school. You be the horniest one. That Ooh, is you know, facts. She was arrested for contributing to the delinquency of a minor in a second felony oh. charge for engaging in lewd conduct with a student. Wow. Investigators say at least two other people tried to stop the teacher while she danced on the student, even getting between the two. What? She was going to get it one way or another. What was the song? Was it Juvenile? That's hilarious. Jacqueline, what is that? I mean, you can't help yourself when Juvenile, you know the song. Your Honor, my client is not guilty. (laughs) We all know when Back That Ass Up comes on, you such a freak, Jacqueline. I mean, that is not true. That is not true. Either, either it's the argument of you can't help yourself when back that ass comes up on, or it's just Florida as a state. <laughs> it's fucking Florida. <laughs> My name is Roy. This is my job fair. Wednesday is the best day of the week. I don't know when you listen to this acoustical radio presentation. Just know that it is presented fresh and hot for you on Wednesdays, wherever you download the podcast. Um, Not saying that other days of the week are whack, but I am saying that Wednesday is the one that is the best. Any other day is whack. Friday is payday and all that money be gone. (laughs) As soon as it hits your account, Saturday's trash because that's where you spend all the money. Sunday, Monday's the next day. How can you enjoy Sunday knowing that Monday is around the corner? But Wednesday, she is the white blood cells that keeps the show pure. JG, how you doing today? I'm well, Roy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you to everybody who um, shot an email or two in regards to um, the um, Brother Banks last week. Oh, yes. Ramsey Sweet. High School and the death of music and everything that's going on with trying to get the bands back to the school system. But I, um, we have to say thank you to you really quickly. I apologize for interrupting, but you started that whirlwind roll of people donating and there's still time to donate because they got to get to New York. We got to get these young children to New York City so they can get their first rat bike. And I think that's the important. It's rats by Carnegie Hall, so you two birds, one stone. Just bite them up and eat it. Yeah, Yeah. 
Yeah, we didn't say an uptown rat. We was a Manhattan oh. rat, just a little light. But a little <laughs> Third, how's uh, Young Fourth doing with uh, the football? Has he given up on it yet, or is he loving it? Because this is about that point with sports where your kid doing something for the first time, where they kind of go, hey, daddy, this shit trash. You know, the the weird take on that man is uh, Ralph played spring football, and now he's playing fall football without understanding that most people have a full year in between seasons. So so now when he's out there with the kid, he says stuff like, yeah, you know, back when I was playing in the spring, you know, it was way tougher. Ralph, that was two months ago, bro. Like, it's not, it's, it was not, it was not a long time ago, man. Um, and shout out to my playing field Titans. We're currently one in three. Uh, we're working on it, brother. We're working on it. I don't think you should shout out a team. That's hey, they are kids and this is encouragement. So, you know what I'm saying? Y'all just get better. Please. If you listen to this and you play for Ralph's team, turn it off and go study some football. Right. Go watch some tapes, please. Go watch something on tackling. Just for me. Go (laughs) watch something on open field wrapping people up for for coach. That's all I'm asking. We ask that you visit us on all the socials at Roy's Job Fair or RoysJobFair.com if you ever want to be a part of the program. RoysJobFair Gmail is the email address. Uh, now, JG, what's your sidebar real quick? Oh, my sidebar is a note from your uncle. He didn't send an email. He just called me directly. He wants you to know he has an iPad and he's ready to be on the show. After three times being on the show, he finally has <laughs> technology. He's ready to be on the show. Yes, he has an iPad. Who bought Uncle Derek an iPad? Now that's telling his business. I'll tell you off there. Mm. Oh. To a woman. Oh, I know. You think Uncle Darius discovered OnlyFans yet? Don't ever mention OnlyFans to my uncle, because my uncle's one of the ones that'll fall for it and be messaging the women. No. I think he actually talking to them and don't realize he's talking to some hired intern. You got a choice. He can either, you know, do the OnlyFans thing, or he can follow Rod on Twitter. Mm. <laughs> like, that's, that's a, that's a pretty fair playoff, one way or the other. Mm. Well, we're going to work on turning it on first. That's what no, he and I are doing. Don't, don't <laughs> help him. No, I have to help him. I don't it like on. this, Jacqueline. I'm asking you respectfully as a friend <laughs> to please don't help my uncle enter the portal that is the web. Please. No, no, no. That flip phone was perfect because ain't but so much mischief you can get in on a flip phone. But he wants to <laughs> learn. TikTok. Speaking of, it's about time to do another freaky episode. Maybe we need to rack up some OnlyFans people and stuff like that. Real quick also, let me make this solicit right now. Rod's Relationship Fair for December. If you want to share some workplace sex and butt naked action that's been going on, we would love to hear from you. Um, We're going to have a two-timer for that one. The homie uh, Uncle Tappy from... uh, Oh, word. Tappy's coming back? The International Players episode. Oh, Tappy Tappy. Is uh, going to come back. He sent a message to the job fair DMs on the IG says Uncle Tappy, quote, listening to the Rod's relationship office party episode. It reminded me of the time I slept with someone for months in the academic department who thought I was single. Oh. I love I love that Tappy didn't tell her. You didn't tell her? <laughs> like, like, oh. <laughs> how does she? How does she? OK, yeah, I'm going to need Tappy to talk that one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll stop right there. Um, <laughs> so many questions. As is customary, once every four months, this is the part of the show where I have to ask you to rate and review us, and I, I don't like doing this. And I know that every podcast asks you to rate and review and tell us did you like it and tell a friend. We never do that. But here's how podcasts are metriced and decided upon. It's literally it's literally decided upon how many people interact and engage and listen to the episode. So if you love us, engage us. This is our once every five month ask to whatever app you're on. Please rate the podcast. Write two sentences and say it's good or not good and five stars, whatever. And I promise to not ask you again until probably February. Oh. You're so nice. Is that fair? I'll check in with them and see if they're in the mood. So right. this is me taking the temperature. We're going to talk with the homie Dalen Goff today, yeah. uh, the new president of Jet Magazine. And uh, apparently there's some scams going on down there at these football stadiums when they're selling the beer. We're going to find out what the fuck going on down there as well. But first, it's time for Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Now, it's hurricane season. Mm. 
And um, never a good time when you see the hurricanes out there and see those reporters. Why Why are we still putting reporters out Thank in you. the hurricane? Please answer that for me. Makes no sense. I don't no understand. Sense. Sandbags holding them down makes no sense. As you can see, the wind, wind is blowing very hard. I don't know if you can tell by the ripples in my face. Thank you. Thank you. Now, can you tell us a little bit about what you're seeing on the ground? Nothing, motherfucker. I can't. There's driving rain hitting me in my face at about 250 miles an hour. All I see is darkness. Darkness. So there was a hurricane a little while back up there in, um, where was it? The Gulf Coast side of Florida. Uh, Hurricane Ian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Struck ground, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere around um, Naples and Fort Myers. Um, and it's one thing about reporting that you have to do. You have to improvise, mm. you know, and if you're out there in those elements, a lot of water, electronics can get wet. Mm. Okay. And they put the little, they have a case, you know, for the cameras now. Like an yeah. all weather, and it's not what what is the difference? Waterproof versus water resistant. Yeah, that's the difference. Is waterproof it, versus water resistance? That's the real trick. Yeah, like get a little water off it, but it's not watertight. Waterproof is, means it's watertight. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not waterproof sure. Waterproof means it's watertight. Water resistant means that you can put it in water and it can and it can hold for a certain amount of time, but you can't like just hold it down there forever. It's still gonna kirk out. Promise that. Okay. Okay, gotcha. So, a wonderful reporter was out there reporting in the rain, and um, NBC2 reporter Kyla Gaylor was on camera giving mm-hmm. her live report in the rain, and you know she has to do that with a microphone, and that rain is coming down profusely. What is the most efficient way? Jacqueline, if you do not have the proper microphone casing, to properly yes. protect this microphone and waterproof it from the elements, what would you? How would you? What would you MacGyver a microphone cover out of? Well, I couldn't use You've a plastic worked in bag. Journalism. Yeah, you've worked in journalism, JG. Television. Mm-hmm. I couldn't use a plastic bag because that's too much crinkly noise. Mm-hmm. A box doesn't make any sense because it's going to get wet and fall apart. Kyla Gailey used a condom with a reservoir oh. tip. Oh. Oh, wow. She rolled that condom did down that really? long, big black microphone. Yes, you she did, did not say the long, big black microphone. That long, oh. big black microphone. Look at the head on that, that microphone. Condom <gasps> thing oh. right up to her mouth and kept reporting. Oh, my gosh. Yo, you know you what, though? You have to improvise. You know what, man? On some on some real shit, that's actually the smartest thing that you could possibly do in that situation. Yes. Because the condom won't stop the sound from coming through. Plus, hopefully it wasn't lubricated. She won't have any gook on her hands. But, you know, at the end of the day, it protects the microphone. Where did she learn this? Where did she learn to protect her microphone like this? What? That's really smart. What, what, what was interesting, though, is that a lot of people were kind of like teasing her about it and like teasing NBC, but like there's no other real tech, which, uh, you know, mm-hmm. so find a need and fulfill it. Why isn't there a waterproof microphone cover that has been invented at this point? Because these microphones cost hundreds of dollars. Yes. And usually most uh, local news outfits, there is no backup uh, microphone. Correct. So, you know what, man? This sounds to me like you got a business venture here, Roy, that you're missing out on, bro. You know what I'm saying? The Roy Wood microphone condom, you make a killer. Jacqueline's used microphone condom. <laughs> Yo. We make a killing. It's the best thing to use in that situation. It's actually a really it truly smart is. move. Well, sound like we got out of the side hustle real quick. We need to make us a little, a little condom. We need now, to make microphone condoms is, and get paid, bro. I'm trying to tell you. Here's the bigger question, third. Hmm. She was reporting from very dangerous areas, evacuation mm-hmm. areas during Hurricane Ian, which means no stores was open. Is that part of your standard? Reporting outfit. Does it have a dry microphone? Just a little makeup. Get your makeup <laughs> bag. It's the same shit the correspondents carry. You have a right. second suit in case some shit happens to the first suit. And then also condoms because somebody might want to 
just happen to have an unlubricated mint condom with you. I understand. You <laughs> never know when you had to break did that. Did you have a three pack? Was it a 12 pack? How did you pack this? I have questions for you, Kayla. I do. And I know we can't get to them right now. We don't have enough time, but nonetheless, for helping. <laughs> I don't I don't know which brand. Now, that would be hilarious. Look at the that, head on that thing in that picture, bro. That is a magnum. <laughs> that is not. <laughs> for doing whatever needed to be done during a live hit to keep the technology rolling so that people could get the information and get themselves to safety. Even if it meant holding a big black microphone with that oh. condom rolled all the way down that shaft. Mm. Oh my goodness gracious. Congratulations to you, Kyla Gayla. <laughs> you are Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Brought to you by Trojan Condoms, the preferred condom <laughs> of all hurricane coverage. Where's some first time? Roger early. Hello to you. Getting ready to. Get a member of the two-time club. Like, he might be three-time. He's a three-timer, bro. Right. I might be doing a possible. I'm a bad spade hand or something like that. That's what we're going to yeah. call it. It's our pleasure to invite back on the program a gentleman that you may know and love from the episode titled Lemon Pepper Vodka. With this goddamn schemer detailed the ways in which he worked at a nightclub in Charlotte. Damn. Switched out the Great Goose for Stoli Vodka and still made you motherfuckers pay $300 for it in VIP. Uh, <laughs> hey. Not one of my proudest, but one of my proudest moments, man. Damn. All day. Get him. Bring it back. You know, hey. This brother is the new president of a magazine that I have always loved. Shout out to Page motherfucking 43. <laughs> <laughs> you the page right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. Page 43. JG, who is this man we got on the line? We have Dalen Goff, and he is the current president of Jet Magazine. Dalen has worked in brand marketing for over 15 years. Previously, as you said, he was the marketing director for Wingstop Restaurants. And he'll be talking with you today, Roy, about the opportunities and challenges that come with running a company with such a rich history as Jet. Hello, Dalen. Dalen Golf, welcome back to the job fair. I, I'm going to just say it right now. You're officially a three-timer. Okay. I'm pretty sure that. you're... I'm pretty... I feel like this is the third time we've talked. I know we talked twice. I got a document. I'm pretty sure it's the third. Yeah, I ain't... We ain't even double-checked the doc. We got a goddamn 90-page Word doc of every guest. <laughs> and we too lazy to search for the shit. Dalen, what made you take this on? You seem to be doing just fine at Wingstop, growing that brand and making the pivot. What made you take over Jet Magazine? Yeah, why you why you go from black ass food to black ass magazine? <laughs> Respectfully. Respectfully. What? You are trying to get people to read a magazine in an era where a lot of the stuff that is in a magazine, Jet Jet Magazine for the youngins. That was black Twitter in a pamphlet every week, every single week. It was the excellence about us. It was all of the TVs and movies. There was a little bit of gossip. You know, it'd be be uppity black gossip like, you know, did Bobby cheat on Whitney? You know, shit like that. But that. (laughs) And and it was also it was also really black because it was also a week late, normally a week to two weeks late. It was very black. That was we was consistent. (laughs) Consistently late. It's the January 13th issue. Like, it's the 30th, bro. Come on, bro. (laughs) January 30th. (laughs) Like, poof. But you're right. right. He ain't lying. He ain't lying. Happy Black Valentine's Day. Nigga, it's March 4th. Thank you. No, but to JG's question, though, what what made you take on the challenge of trying to rejuvenate and because I can't say bring back the jet officially go yeah. out of print and go digital or did it go out of print altogether? Well, went out of print, went digital and then went bankrupt. So it absolutely mm. it's a bring it back situation. And part of what you're talking about is one of the reasons why I 
felt the need to take on this particular challenge. Now, if you really look at my career, I've been multicultural marketing most of my career. When I met you down at Essence, I was handling multicultural marketing for a brand like uh, State Farm. To whereas they were looking at how to be able to tap into black audiences, how to be able to talk to them in a very authentic way and how to be able to tap into the places and spaces where that audience live. You I've done that my Jake? entire life. Say what now? You invented the Black Jake from State Farm? I didn't. I did <laughs> not invent Black Jake, but I worked for the agency that actually did that. But as I always told people, I was my... My job for years was Anthony Anderson's character on Blackish. That's literally what I did. I explained yeah. black culture to white owned brands and white audiences and white leadership and being able to say, no, this is where you need to be. This is what's up and coming. This is what's popping. Black culture is pop culture before it's pop culture. And usually by the time it becomes pop culture, we over that shit. We doing on to something else. Mm. So if you are a brand that's able to tap into black culture early and often, you get the credit and get the ride with it, which is exactly what happened from a Wingstop perspective. We were, Wingstop is not a black owned company. Now Ross owns a considerable amount. We have a lot of, Rapper Rick you know, yeah. well, they have a lot of, um, they call them brand partners, but franchisees that are black. But the reality of it is most of the people pulling the strings at the very, very top don't look like us. So if you are a brand that's able to capture it earlier and often, you're going to be able to ride that wave and you're going to be that get that credit before it goes to being pop culture. You'll get the cool factor. You'll get the kids on social media like, oh, no, nah, I fuck with Wingstop or, you know, I like Nike or I like these brands that, you know, even like a Supreme. You like, oh, I like Supreme. Even the reality of it is Supreme is very white owned, but you're tapping into black culture and you get the credibility Wendy's that comes from it. Too. Wendy's mm -hmm. is absolutely good by the way they talk about it on social. And so there's a connection, honestly, with Wendy's and Jet. And I'll kind of go through that and kind of tell you how I came uh, to be Did in this particular position. Hold up. Yeah. Dalen, are you are you trying to tell me that that y'all I might be popping a surprise, but did y'all did y'all the Jet buy the person who does Wendy's social media on Twitter, because I always thought that she was black. You know what I'm saying? I just thought it was a face, because that 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 Wendy's Twitter is off the chain, and I and I could yeah. see Jet doing that. Did y'all did y'all go and buy that white girl and, and tell her she's Tina Marie? Absolutely didn't, <laughs> but I do know who it is over there, and it's not a girl. But yes, I do oh, know because my am guy, I the only person that want to see? Am I the only person want to see like the full body of Wendy from Wendy's to just see what that <laughs> is? You can, Am I see, a pervert? This is what happens when... Oh, Lord, I'm a pervert. No, this, this is what happens when Roy goes to the strip club in Hawaii. <laughs> Everything immediately goes back to that. You know what? I want to see the full body. He got his voice stolen by a witch. He got cursed out there. But back to answer your specific question, the reason I took this role is I've been explaining black culture to white people and the white brands for a long time. Why not take all that experience that I've been able to garner all over these years to be able to do that for an iconic brand like this was this was personal for me this was mm. I, I i'm developing this program called my jet story my personal jet story because everybody has a connection to the brand especially from a black experience mine started at when i was eight years old going to parkwood barbershop in kansas city kansas on yes, easter Friday, needing to get a haircut or that Saturday morning, needing to get a haircut. And there's this stack of jet magazines just sitting there and you just looking through every one of them and you seeing what's going on in black America. And this is from a kid from Kansas City, Kansas. Like I'm from Kansas. So I can be able to see what's going on across the nation, like what's popping in D.C., in Little Rock, in, you know, California, in New York. Like that, that opened me up to that entire world. So I the had to go back to albums that. on the back. So you knew which albums 100%. to even go check out. Sound scam, movie box office, the TV ratings of black shows. It was that of black shit. They showed you which black people was going to be on the show that particular week. So looking at that and understanding the week before that week, actually, it was the week, week before, before right. that week. It was like, yeah, like, Might be a little late, yeah. but they're going to come on again. They're going to come yeah, on they're again. They're going to come on. They're going to be bad. We as a culture, we support our own. And that was one of the things, whereas from a historic standpoint, we always kind of 
rallied around. We circled the wagons like, nah, this this is one of us. So we're going to give you all the benefits of the doubt because from a white culture, they don't give you benefit of the doubt. You are the doubt initially. So that's where from a black owned media standpoint, where there's that need to be able to have this this platform to be able to tell the, to tell the stories for us, by us and all about us. Love it or hate it. It's still us. And we need to be able to own and, and honor those stories. So that's one of the reasons why I was like, man, when I got the call from the Bridgman family, who I talked about Wendy's, the Bridgman family owned Ebony and Jet. They bought it out of bankruptcy and they bought it because they owned roughly 400 Wendy's locations at one point in time. And then ended up selling some of them and bought the Coca-Cola bottling plant in Kansas City and the one in the country of Canada. So they have amassed a substantial amount of black wealth. Flip it. Flip it. And then they said, you know what? We're going to own our own things. And, you know, that's kind of how, you know, that opportunity presented itself. So when they called and was like, Dalen, what would you do if we gave you the keys to jet? I was like, wait a minute, like this man. Okay, this, you know, I had to take a step back and sit my cup down. Um, But in doing that, it's like, no, I got to do this for myself to be able to challenge myself, but also doing it. I hate to overuse it, but damn it, it's the truth. I was doing this shit for the culture. And I know that I can be able to take the skills that I have in order to bring it back to its prominence, because honestly, Jet as a brand is iconic. No matter what, when I rock a shirt like this and I'm walking through the airport, it's still. Okay. I like it. I like it. I like it. I actually love it. Jet Magazine is a vintage brand. It's an iconic brand. Absolutely. So I'm looking at those little nuances and like, okay, how can I be able to flip it, extract the value, do some cool things? Damn it. If I made Wingstop cool, think I can't make Jet back cool? Like, let's just be for real here. So that's kind of where I looked at it as the opportunity to be able to do that. You're the one that told Rick Ross to show his titties and get the numbers up a Wingstop? Because <laughs> sex sales. Nobody controls Ross. Sex Nobody sales. controls Ross. But if you notice, if you watch that versus battle that was on where he took his shirt off and you saw all the Wingstop branding, that wasn't supposed to happen. That was me. I literally sent a food truck to the studio and I made them feed everybody in the entire studio. I paid zero dollars and zero cents to be on that versus battle. But I literally fed everybody in the whole station. So when my team went up there and put those bags there and everything else, they was mm-hmm. like, you good because we full over here. We straight. And then yeah. Ross took his shirt off and then, you know. The rest is history. <laughs> After the break, we're going to get into it with a little bit more of Dalen Golf. We need to talk about the world of being a black ad exec at white companies and what that world was like. And if there was any little scamming and shadiness going on in that world. But first, we got to let the homie Narado, a.k.a. Rob for short, take this show off the rails like you always do with a little segment we call Breaking the Ice. It's the job fair. We shall return. <laughs> Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Job fair. We got the homie Dalen Golf from Jet Magazine still standing by. We're going to get into a little bit with him just about the scams of being an ad executive. What's that like being a black man in a white space trying to tell white people how to sell stuff to black people? Mm. You know, frustrating. Sure, mistakes have been made. Sounds frustrating. Sure, it's, a, <laughs> sure it's an interesting world. But before we do that, 
trying to do what we always do this part of the show. If you're new to the program, this is where we slow it down for a minute and give you some topics to help you break the ice with co-workers you can't stand. Co-workers are the opposite race. That one co-worker, you know the one. <sighs> and one motherfucker who borrowed your stapler three years ago and you still, you still yeah, ain't giving back to you. <laughs> you know? You don't borrow my swing last That one co-worker, man. At one co- I remember working the dish room, you know, at that Health South Rehab Hospital in Birmingham on Lakeshore. And every now and then I got paired in the dish room as a 16-year-old, a 54-year-old man. And I don't know if you ever seen a 16-year-old and a 54-year-old man working together, but you ain't got a lot of shit to talk about. <laughs> but that's why we do this segment so you can have at least one little thing to take to your job to get these boring motherfuckers up off you to help us do that is a man who is undefeated in pregnancy scares with a lifetime record of 43-0-2 he is the inventor of the hobo fruit salad he also mixes uh, hypnotic with his grape soda gee shit he is the author of the New York Times best-selling book just in time for the holidays how to get all of your women to come to the same Christmas party his wife named him Rado. we call him Rod for short Rod how you doing brother how you doing over there I'm doing fantastic everybody please run out and get that book I'm all about spreading holiday cheer you know <laughs> no matter what you celebrate in December it's got it covered Hard eye roll out. <laughs> <laughs> Get these people something to take back to the workplace this week, Rob. What you got for us this week? On hand for your black co-workers. Um, a beacon of light has shone through in the Ime Udoku Nia Long Boston Celtics cheating scandal. Oh, he made Udoka, the old man at the Celtics, suspended for a year for inappropriate, consensual, but not illegal per Jacqueline relationship. So what's the ray of hope? What's the good news over there in Boston? Marlon Wayans was recently interviewed and was asked about things going on. He had a bit of advice for his old friend, Neil Long. Shout out to Marlon Wayans. Solid dude. Solid dude. Very, very. And and his advice was that he he would ask her if she was happy before this scandal broke. And if so, she shouldn't throw away the man of her dreams because he got some pussy one day. Mm. And that he stood by it. He said this is he said that this is advice he would give to his daughter. He would give this advice to his sisters. Any woman he knows, if that man was everything that you ever hoped for in a relationship and you were happy, don't throw that away for some pussy. For being publicly embarrassed. Yes. And he really moving there. He talked about how, you know, your marriage and things like that. It's a true partnership and people aren't perfect. And if you're gonna, if you find that thing that makes you want to live for another day and within a person, you got to deal with everything else that comes along with it. I understand. First off, this is a good one to bring up at the job. You can bring this up with your white co-workers too. Do you forgive? Because see, there's cheating and then there's motherfucker, you embarrassed us. <laughs> that part. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there's a difference in the layers of that but you know let's let's toss it over to JG you are a women's totally. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute how did this you? get how did what this get you? tossed to me because what say you to forgiving a man is there a difference in cheating versus motherfucker you embarrassed us or is cheating cheat in the sense of forgiveness I think you forgive regardless However, that doesn't mean you have to stay with someone. We don't know the details there. They have a kid together, so they're always going to be in each other's lives. And they're probably going to sleep together again just because they're familiar with each other. It happens. You get get you one or two more out the system. You get one of them catch each other slipping fucks like on the way out the door. However, I I don't see a way that 
because the problem is that if she takes him back, then she still faces the public judgment from other black women who are going to go, why are you settling? And that because we all live in this era where your relation, your behavior within your relationship is judged if your relationship is on Front Street and their relationship, as far as I could tell, they weren't like out there like. Steph Curry or LeBron and Savannah and like always making public appearances. Nobody knew they were together till he got this yeah, job. Yeah, because she was courtside at the NBA Finals. They're like, what the fuck me alone doing that? She fucking the coach. Oh, what? She oh, fucking the coach? Boy. Yeah, she has a baby with the coach. They've been together 10 years. Man, nigga, me alone been with the coach for 10 years. Yeah. And they've been together like 15, 16 years, actually. Mm. I don't... I understand what Brother Marlon Wayans is saying. I do think that forgiveness is... Important. I, like I when agree. we talk, and we talked about this the week before. You know, when we talk about love triangles, if we're talking about cheating, getting cheated on, or being the side dude, I've lived at all three corners of that of that ordeal in my life. Really? I, I JG, I have lived a life. My twenties were fucking wild. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Now I was on probation, so I couldn't do a lot of drinking and drugs. So where you think where you think the mischief went? <laughs> where you think it went? Straight to the You dick. were seeing a woman who was with another man? Here comes grandma. Yeah, I've done that before. Here comes grandma. Shock the grandma. Wait a minute. You're telling me. Wait a minute. Wait just one second there. Now, I've never heard I've only heard of this in stories. You're telling me you actually slept with the woman who had a man. People actually do that. <laughs> I saw him that morning. I was at her house that night. <laughs> you saw him that That's morning. Funny. Yeah, work together or something. Remember, I told you, I ain't told you the <laughs> story. No, I've never heard the girl ah. at mm. Western Hills Mall. That's, that's, that's zero for three on that one, sir. Tell it. Tell it. <laughs> at the time, I was doing morning radio. This is like 0203. Okay. And my prank calls is jumping. And we did a live hit from this shoe store at the Black, we was at the Black Mall. This is an important detail. We was at the Black Mall in Birmingham called Western Hills Mall. And the dude that worked at the shoe store came, you know, now that I said the mall, it don't matter. Cause it's only one. one shoe store. All right, foot lock, fuck it. The nigga <laughs> and he came over and he goes, hey man, I'm down bad with my girl. Can you call my girl and prank call her for me and cheer her up? I go, I like, and he like, he comes over, hey man, and he's like for real sad. And this motherfucker's a hood Aww. nigga. Like he tatted up like mm. teardrops, like a for real Oof. about that life ass dude. Mm. Like sevenfold gangster disciple. <laughs> man, call my girl and cheer up my girl for me. You better. I go, All right, cool. <laughs> I pull out my phone, he put the number in, I call this girl, or I prank call her, it's funny, he's happy, he gets on the phone, I love you, and whatever we can do to fix this, baby, I love you. And she said, yeah, let's work it out. So that was that. Mm-hmm. You, bringing people together. About 10 o'clock that night, I get a text. <laughs> hey, Roy. Come on over, Roy. Are you serious? About 10.30, boy, I was over there, JG. What do you mean? The chip around the corner, too. Because <laughs> I, was, I was still in my mama's apartment in Avenue I, so anytime yeah. I had a chance to have a road game and sleep on a full bed, because I was still yeah. sleeping on a twin bed in them days. I was like 23, 24, so yes, Jacqueline, I've lived <laughs> Oh wow! Shouldn't have done it though. She gave me crabs. <laughs> That's the way it always works out, bro. That is why the way would somebody lie about that? That is not true. She was a grown woman fucking a nigga who worked at the Footlock. I believe she had crabs. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Men might lie about a lot of things, but no man alive lies about getting crabs. So uh, they don't lie about getting no STD. Will say, I forgive. will say, yeah, forgive. I was just gonna say, always forgive, no matter what the situation is. That doesn't mean you have to have that person back in your life. But if you do decide to take that person back in your life, don't bring that stuff up anymore because it will kill your relationship. Let's flip it up for the people. Right? <laughs> on the on the other side of the scales, no pun intended. Uh, we've got a very 
vicious scandal brewing in the world of white sports. And that is two fishermen were recently caught cheating during a fishing tournament and are staring down the battle of a suspension and felony theft charges. Uh, hey man, you ain't supposed to cheat fishing, man. Hey, they did it, bro. Because because they weigh the, the 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 fish. The way you win is bring in the heaviest catch, and yes. so they got caught stuffing their fish with um, basically little ball bears. Like that's what the BB and BB oh, does. Oh, they stuff them stuffed lead balls, but like bigger versions, and. Of Fish fillets from other fish. They sip fish fillets oh, down at them. They put fish in the fish. They put fish in the fish. So if you open up his mouth, it's, it's, it look like fishing out of me. It's good. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure that fish. Oh, to cover up the only, thing, <laughs> the only thing I compare it to is like as a black child growing up, when somebody claimed that their jacket was real. And then they go take it off, and then they expose it that you wearing a bootleg version. Ooh, show the tag. Designer clothes. Show the tag. And everybody made a circle around it, like oh, oh, and they're pulling the lead balls out of that. Like, what's the penalty for that? Other than what you get kicked out the lead? Like that's, I guess that's like, they're gonna be, fish, they're gonna be disqualified. And they're used to they're they're a great fishing duo too. So now all of their mm. previous wins are being called into question. But like I said, they are facing wow. felony theft charges for essentially stealing the prize for the fish. How much was the prize? It was a couple thousand dollars, man. man. They were oh. they were looking to hit it. Yes. You know, fishing is like it's like golfing. Yeah. Like you, you win, you win some money, even if you lose. And they uh like you don't even have to come in first place to get like to hit a lick. Yeah, like you come in last place and get like five thousand. Because that's how golf works. Like the top golfers are winning millions of dollars a year and hundreds of thousand dollars in one tournament, but you come in thirty fifth and still get twenty seven thousand. <laughs> Well, his mama named him Murado. We call him Rod for short. The podcast is Uncle Rod's Story Corner. And um, hit him up on the internet at Rod for short. It's right there in the episode description. Rod, as always, we thank you. You're welcome to hang thank around you. a little bit longer. We got to run it back with Dalen Golf real quick. Yeah, absolutely. I got some questions. <laughs> Thank you as always for that Rod Scam of the Week time. We welcome back to the program president of Jet Magazine, formerly of Wingstop International, Brother Dalen Golf. Quick, quick question, Dalen, uh, before before we get into what you're doing yeah. with Jet for the future. Quick question about your yeah. old job, introducing uh, black people to white brands. In in being the Negro liaison for people like that, <laughs> yes. is that what's on your LinkedIn? Did you ever run into somebody like from a brand who was so out of touch with black people that they were very casually racist? Like, did anybody ever sit you down in the meeting and go, listen, man, the darkies aren't buying our toilet paper. How do we fix that? <laughs> Dalen, these questions weren't in the prep doc. I, just <laughs> I will say this. No, that didn't ever happen. But but the nuance part, I did have a brand that uh, put together a program and the title of the program was called Run Giga Run. Like gigabytes, like cell phone down. <laughs> oh, nah. uh. <laughs> run Giga Run. All press is good press, right? Hey, and an intern found it and came to me and was like, uh, this, this was the final wow. deck presentation. And honestly, it was a very, very, I can't, I'm not going to say the name. And luckily, they changed the name of some stuff that they were doing um, that you can't do it. But it was a major, major, major company. Wait, Dale. Top five. Did this come from an intern? Yes. Was that an early draft? No, no, you no, got to no, tell us something. Oh, no, it was a final deck. They were going to present this to. <laughs> oh, the no. This had gotten through levels. This levels. had already been cleared. <laughs> final presentation. I still have the presentation. I forwarded to myself in my personal oh, email. Wow. This was a final presentation and the big oh. idea. It was three ideas. This was the big idea that they was going to put all the money into, and it was called Run Giga Run. 
Can you forward that to RoyceJobPair at gmail.com? <laughs> yeah, can we can we present this deck? I want to present this deck. I will not do that. Can we I, I want to wear a little microphone and, and, and do the whole thing. I, have Giga, some please. That's, that's it. Giga, please. I'll get 100 subscriptions to the new jet if you forward that to us. With with that being said, being the the Negro whisperer, I had to be able to say, oh, no, 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 this can't go. And I had to say it to him, to the VP who still didn't get it. He's like, no, it's like run for us, run. I was like, no, 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 (laughs) no. There are people like that movie, right? Which I do love that movie. That's a good movie. But yeah, he's like, no, it's like, run. But literally, that was the final presentation and the name of the program that they were going to do. And they were proud of it. And I had to be like, nah, this this right here, you need to burn this. This absolutely cannot happen. But it absolutely did happen. So, yes. Before we end on the ways that people can support Jet and everything that you're doing now, I have a more serious question just about the relationship and the responsibility of black media companies to black journalists and black freelancers. So Mm. as the president of Jet, and I don't think Jet was caught up in this bullshit from a couple of years ago that's still kind of going on for some Mm. freelancers, but there were or there are a lot of black freelance journalists and writers across the whole gamut of journalism yeah. who were never paid or they got short change or it took 60 days to get your money for an article you wrote 40, 50 fucking days ago. How does Jet, how do you plan as a company? And I don't know if this is your area of expertise mm-hmm. or if you hired somebody for it, but how do you plan to rebuild the trust? Because for all of the legacy that Jet is, at the end of the day, you got to be providing good information and poignant journalism to the people. The market is much more competitive now for Absolutely. eyeballs on black stuff. So mm. how do you all, what is your approach or have you all even gotten to that point yet as an organization on how you get good black journalists to come back in the fold and trust that they'll get their money and they'll get it on time? <laughs> well, first and foremost, mm. We're not at that level just yet. The way I'm positioning Jet from an initial standpoint, um, and you brought it up previously, uh, or at least a point to it. Jet was social media. Jet was black Twitter before social media was ever invented. And my goal, and if Jet, you think Jet about- Jet was black if you, Twitter if you ain't check your Twitter in two weeks. In two weeks, <laughs> absolutely. Right. What was happening two weeks ago? But think about a Jet magazine, if you go back to it. It was really democratized journalism, meaning Correct. the Jet Beauty of the Week was a girl from Virginia, his third kind of brings out, or just, you know, somebody, a college student, that part of it. You had, if you Talk got married. some cougars in there too, bro. They had some cougars yeah, in there. I, hate I mean, it happened. Yeah. But if you got yeah. married, you submitted your photos, and they show your photos of when you got married. That's if, so true. You know, it, it talked about in there people who got a promotion. If you were an That's executive so at GM and Black and you got promoted to senior vice president, that got written in it. So all these things My were submitted. My father's eulogy was in a Jet magazine. When people died, yeah. you had that in there. The Vampire in Brooklyn cover. I still got that one at the house. You still got it. So mm. and you look yeah. at it was really community focused, democratized journalism. You got content from everywhere, which is honestly what social media is. So the way I'm positioning Jet is kind of pulling some of those things back in, at least from an initial standpoint, to be able to regain that trust, to be able to be that. I, I've been calling and playing with this, this term called fueled by Jet. We don't want to be the beginning. We don't want to be the end. We just want to be the fuel. We want to get you from point A to point B. We want to give you the amplification. We want to give you the opportunity. We want to give you that stamp of approval. Because reality is, if you were on the cover of Jet or you were in Jet, you were somebody. I had a conversation with Yasin Bey, most deaf. He talked about how his grandparents were still, even when he was a rapper, had albums and stuff, his grandparents were still like, yo, you might need to go get you a job at UPS or you need a job at the post office. They paying good. They got good benefits. But when he was on a jet cover, his grandparents was like, you good. You made it. You're official. It's that step of approval. You, you made it on jet. Oh, you good. Like, I ain't going to ask you and bother you no more because my boy was on the cover of jet. So that part of it, of using that brand equity and that stamp of approval, is kind of what we're looking at doing, at least from an initial standpoint. So as we talked about 
what we're trying to do, at least from an initial standpoint. I encourage everyone to go to jetmag.com, follow us on social or go to jetmag.com because I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to get that stamp of approval because you can be able to go to the website, upload your image, and now you can be on the cover of Jet. And now you can share it. You can tell us your Jet story. So, you know, my Jet story was Kansas City, Kansas, Parkwood. Roy, your Jet story is... Your father's eulogy was in jet, but you can be on the cover. You can be able to kind of share that because we want to hear that part of it. So it'll be and you know, we'll reshare it using the hashtag my jet story. So that's kind of what we're doing from an initial standpoint. Dalen, we talked about jet celebrating the entertainment side of things, but how will jet honor the legacy, the past, the older version of the magazine and also still address social issues in the black community. I use this analogy. Jet was to Emmett Till what Twitter was to George Floyd. Um, It mm -hmm, literally started the civil rights movement. 1955, Mm -hmm. I think MLK was like 26. He saw that Jet magazine. He's like, you know what? I need to be able to do something. Megger Evers saw that Jet magazine. The world saw that magazine. So when the world saw it, they felt they had to do something about it. And that was that spark in the same exact way that when people saw George Floyd on that ground, it was like, we got to do something about this. We need to start this movement. Mm. So we understand our positioning and our value, especially from a black community standpoint. And we're just figuring out the ways to be able to unlock that. And then eventually, as we're kind of building that credibility back, as we look at being able to tap into journalists and get content out and being able to do that part of it, we'll figure out the ways to make it make sense. Well, we're proud of the work that you're doing over there, Jet Magazine. Let us know um, when we can start nominating Beauties of the Week, whenever y'all get that back up and <laughs> Uh, I will not. I'll say this last point about Beauty of the Week. Jet Beauty of the Week is like the Ignition remix by R. Kelly. uh Phenomenal when it was out, but you play that right now in this particular climate and you Uh, might get some I don't know. I don't know what that is. So we're figuring out ways to be able to bring it back, to be able to be palatable for our audience, but also do it in a way that's respectful. The Jet OnlyFans account of the week. How about that? No. OnlyFans no. account of the week. Oh, that's nope. good. Nope. That's I good. will not do that's, that. That's, a, that's acceptable. That's, that's, that's not, not going to happen. Brilliant. I will say no. we are working on a documentary with Lamont McLemore talking about the impact of it from a historic standpoint, but we're figuring out ways to be able to bring it back to life, but also do it in a way that's respectful and that's understand that the beauty standards, everything is out there. We have to be able to do it. This is why they pay me. Dalen Dawes, as always, brother, we love you. We got to get you back on because we need to find out what the fuck happened in Wingstop because your ass probably got fired. I did not get fired, but my last day was, was, was epic. You coming back? You coming back for last day? Yeah, you got to do it. Got to come back for last day. Okay, and let us get a copy of that email. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll write for a year for Jet for free if you send me that email. (laughs) I am not sending you. Are we still recording? I'll tell you how it is real quick. No, 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 no. Don't tell us. Don't tell us. Look, man, don't lose your job. You didn't sign NDAs. Brother Dalen Golf, president of Jet Magazine. We appreciate everything you're doing to move culture forward. Thank you for coming on the job. Right. Don't say nothing else. Just shut the right. f- Shh. Shh. After the break, more of the job fit. We'll be right back. I'm trying to save your job, boy. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. 
To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Job fair. We are bringing it home. Third, did you ever sell sodas in stadiums where you're a stadium vendor? Get your hot dogs here. Get your fresco peanuts here. Right, peanuts here. Uh, no. Those kind of jobs need a certain level of coordination that I just did not have at that age. I would have been on SportsCenter every week for falling down flights of steps with sodas and beer oh. tumbling over my head. Like, no it's question sweet. about it. I did it for two football seasons, Alabama 92, the championship year. Shout out Gene Stallings, Jay Barker, and all the gang. And um, 93 as well, I did it for – I was a vendor. In those days, Alabama would play – when they were renovating Bryant-Denny Stadium in the early 90s to increase seat capacity, Alabama would play their major opponents in Birmingham because that stadium had more seats. Hmm. So they would split their home schedule. So, you know, you catch three, four games. And I saw good fucking football. Peak Steve Spurrier, peak Peyton Manning, front row seat to that shit. I can't see and you doing that job. I don't see that. I didn't Me either. either. That's why I only did it for two seasons. I, y'all can keep this hot shit. <laughs> two seasons implies you work the entire season. I'm with JG. I just couldn't see you doing that like going up and down the stands I was the Coca I sold Pepsis and I had the little badge for 150 and this the way the, the way the scam worked at Legion Field uh-huh. was some of the vendors would have buttons that say 250 they would make these buttons at like Kinkos or FedEx or whatever or Michaels yeah. and then they would put them on once they got like in the tunnels you have ushers watching you mm-hmm. so they're checking each each vendor to make sure you're wearing the right price button on your apron. Mm. But once you get up in the stands, once you're going up in the bleachers, there's no more super, no one's watching you. Yes. So you run a switch real fast and then you go up and you got a tray of 20 sodas that you're selling for a dollar extra. That's 20 extra dollars on top of your tips. Okay. So if you hustle, you can sell six, seven trays of sodas just on the overages you're damn near at $150, $160. And that ain't even counting tips yet. So it's a good lick if you, but if you get caught, you get banned from the stadium and all of that shit. So with that aside, JG, who do we have on the phone? Okay. We welcome John to the show. John resides in New Hampshire with his wife, four kids, and a Birmingham born puppy. John works as a special education teacher and serves as a returned Peace Corps volunteer. Today, he's going to talk with you, Roy, and tell you a story about a beer scam he ran back in college. Welcome, John. Hi. How's it going, everybody? So, John, first and foremost, congratulations on everything that you have done as a special ed teacher, we thank you. And I mean this sincerely. Thank you so much for being an educator. I know (laughs) that that is money would be better. We ain't got no money. We're still working (laughs) on sponsors. Hello, bro. (laughs) Count the number of commercials between breaks. You know, we ain't making no money yet. We're still growing. Um, Tell us a little bit about the beer scams. Now, I was a teenager when I worked the stadium, so I wasn't allowed to sell alcohol. Those were the big money. Those were the big whales. Third was Mm. was beer and anybody selling food, you were going to make immensely more money than I was basically selling chasers for people who were sneaking (laughs) Jim Bean into the stadium. Wow. Word. So where where were you? Was this was this up in the Northeast where you were selling beers? Yes, a certain uh, football team that will remain nameless uh, about twenty years ago opened a uh, a new stadium um, and went on okay. to win a in lot. The Northeast, okay, you know, win a lot of championships okay. in that time area. Oh, I don't want to mention any names, but because yes. you know, I got you know the I, Northeastern Minutemen, something like that. Yes. Yeah, the Northeastern Minutemen. Um, That'll work. So the, the mm. first year, the, so they opened a brand new stadium, and the first the first year that they they had their beer system, uh, their their whole vending system, um, the room where all the supplies would go in and out of was run by like these 
fraternities and sororities i guess the team would pay the sorority or the or the fraternity the the like whatever the the house and but these kids wouldn't get any yeah, to raise money for right, their yeah, organization yeah, yeah. and so they are yeah which is what we were doing it was our baseball team that was selling the soda i, I get okay. you yeah. i'm with you so they're sitting there keeping track of stuff and these they could not care less what's going on they're just like looking around flirting with each other and hung over and <laughs> stuff like that so what i would do is you take two cases of beer out into this crowd and before the game you're selling two cases of beer it'll take five minutes to sell you just like opening tops and just can't even get to the stands people are just like on it and then so you go back in and uh you go to check in with the the the, the fraternity and sorority people and uh you have to pay for the, the stuff you just sold. And they're like, oh, yeah, yes. they said whatever the amount for one case of beer is. They're like, oh, ta- yeah, give me that. So I was like, okay. Oh, it was like a... How many beers... Now, hang on yeah. a second so I can follow the yeah. math so I can understand this. How many beers in a rack were you taking out? Uh, it's a ca- like, case of beer. It was just like a case of... So 24. 24. So... Tw- right. Okay, so 24, and you're selling them for how much? At the time, it was like six, bucks, like, say, six bucks a beer. Okay. So then you're coming back and essentially paying... It's probably costing you, what, four bucks a beer, and you're making two bucks profit or something like that? No, no, you got to pay for the whole the whole beer, and then you get a, a commission check later. Um so gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. So it's like 150 bucks, 140 bucks or something. So I would sell two okay. and pay for one. Okay, hang on. Let me follow this. So you show up to the frat boy and go, hey, frat boy, yeah. here's $150. I'd like 24 beers, please. No, no, that's the, that. No, you take you take the bear out and then you pay for it when you get back. Correct. With the money you just made so for everybody. If you, get, if you walk out with two cases of beer, they have no idea. Oh right. shit! So they're not keeping. They should be keeping. Yeah. So <laughs> you're going out. So they should be keeping track. Like okay. So you're basically going you out have, double fisted. Went out with two cases. Okay. So we'll t- collect two because they're not paying attention. You can grab two cases yeah. and get out the door with two cases. So your pocket. So you're making one forty raw profit every trip out. Yeah. I would walk out with like six seven hundred dollars. John. I'm okay with this. And you know why I'm okay with this, JG? Why? Because these stadiums fucking overcharge you for concessions. And God damn it, if anybody can get over, God Mm -hmm. bless them. Because the fans Mm -hmm. ain't. Mm-hmm. Not to the mention the fact. Ain't. Not to mention the fact. I don't even like that team. So I love the fact that you got over <laughs> on them. That's the way I look at it. I support that in all the ways possible. I, I like this. Can this is a good stamp. Me, the name of. So you're talking seven. Hang on, let me get the calculator out again, real quick. What that calculator? Okay, we're talking seven. We're talking seven hundred a game times eight home games. You know what? Let's add in a couple of them preseason games. So that's two home games during the preseason. So that's a total of ten games in that stadium. Oh wait, that team was good. So they went all the way playoffs, to the Super Bowl. So playoffs. That's another four games. Wild card yeah. division. Wild card division conference championship. That's three. So that's three on top of it. That's thirteen mm. games max. Yeah, 13 games times 700 a game. Mm. God damn, John. John, you, had a, you, you should have had a real nice shoe collection for a second there, sir. For me, I, $9,000. Yeah. That's a nice $9,000 lick. How many years were you able to do this, John? <laughs> I'm interest. What? Uh, one. Just one? <laughs> one. One. <laughs> I went back. I went back for game one of season two, and they, there was some guy like, "What's your name?" Okay, or like writing everything down before I went out. I made like a um. hundred bucks. <laughs> like, oh, forget it. I'll just stay home and watch. Stay home and watch the game. It's not worth it. That's the show. Roy's Job Fair is a product of iHeartMedia, Comedy Central, Paramount, South Park, and Princeton Productions. Yes. Thank you to Dalen Golf as well and Jet Magazine and everything that they are doing. Good luck. Um, this episode is brought to you by Jacqueline's Use Microphone 
phone call. <laughs> we will get those to market for you before the end of the year. Printing Ooh, them as we, we speak. Them? In pretty little blue wrappers, you know, like that coat you wore on which talk show you were on? Is it Kelly Clark? Yes. Floral. That floral looking thing. It'll be cute. Okay. We match all the condom wrappers to Roy's coats. I like that coat. I like that coat. Okay. Like that. That's nice. That's very nice. Let's just get the basic prototypes out the door first Uh before we start trying to get all little, you know, little razzle dazzle and back and forth. Next week. We are talking about your last days. We want your stories. RoyceJobFair at gmail.com. If you have a terrible or hilarious story about your last day at work, mm-hmm. now is the last time to get it in. Also, if you want to be a part of Rod's Relationship Fair, that's coming up in December. You've been fucking on the job? You seen somebody fucking on the job? Now's the time to share that with us. Oh, my God. It's years. a Christmas gift. Wednesday's the best day, Jacqueline. I'm sorry. Whatever. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.